Welcome to the Dream Factory. A warm, cozy, and extremely lovely place where only the most visceral nightmares and pleasure-driven musings of its residents are mercilessly extracted and sold for the pure enjoyment of others. The Dream Factory, a new novel by Mark Marcus. Now available on your Apple device, Kindle, and on Amazon.com. Go to CandleshorePublishing.com forward slash Dream Factory. There are a lot of people in the United States right now who think the country is falling apart, and at least in one respect, they're correct. Our roads and bridges are crumbling, our airports are out of date, and the vast majority of our seaports are in danger of becoming obsolete, all the result of decades of neglect. None of this is really in dispute. Business leaders, labor unions, governors, mayors, congressmen, and presidents have complained about a lack of funding for years. But aside from a one-time cash infusion from the stimulus program, nothing much has changed. There's still no consensus on how to solve the problem or where to get the massive amounts of money needed to fix it. Just another example of political paralysis in Washington. Tens of millions of Americans cross over bridges every day without giving it much thought, unless they hit a pothole. But the infrastructure problem goes much deeper than pavement. It goes to crumbling concrete and corroded steel, and the fact that nearly 70,000 bridges in America, one out of every nine, is now considered to be structurally deficient. Our infrastructure is on life support right now. That's what we're on. Few people are more aware of the situation than Ray LaHood, who was Secretary of Transportation during the first Obama administration, and before that, a seven-term Republican congressman from Illinois. He is currently co-chairman of Building America's Future, a bipartisan coalition of current and former elected officials that is urgently pushing for more spending on infrastructure. According to the government, there's 70,000 bridges that have been deemed structurally deficient. What does that mean? It means that there are bridges that need to be really either replaced or repaired in a very dramatic way. They're dangerous. I, I don't want to say they're unsafe, but they're dangerous. I would agree with that. If you were going to take me someplace, any place in the country, to illustrate the problem, where would you take me? Well, there's a lot of places we could go. I mean, you could go to any major city in America and see roads and bridges and infrastructure that need to be fixed today. They need to be fixed today. We decided to start in Pittsburgh, which may have the most serious problem in the country. Our guide was Andy Herman a past president of the American Society of Civil Engineers. From up here, you can see why they call it the City of Bridges. Between the highway and the railroad bridges, there's uh, many of them. And most of them old. Most of them old. They're nearing the end of their useful lives, yeah. There are more than 4,000 bridges in metropolitan Pittsburgh, and 20% of them are structurally deficient, including one of the city's main arteries. This is the Liberty Bridge ahead. Yes. An important bridge for Pittsburgh? A very important bridge for Pittsburgh. A connection from the south to the city itself and then to the north. It was built in 1928 when cars and trucks were much lighter. It was designed to last 50 years. That was 86 years ago. 
Every day in Pittsburgh, five million people travel across bridges that either need to be replaced or undergo major repairs. One of these arch bridges actually has a structure built under it to catch falling deck. See that structure underneath it? They actually built that to catch any of the falling concrete so it wouldn't hit traffic underneath it. That's amazing. It all comes down to funding. Right now, they can't keep up with it. 300 bridges become structurally deficient each year in the state of Pennsylvania. That's 1% added to the already 23% they already have. They just can't fix them fast enough. Pennsylvania is one of the worst states in the country when it comes to the condition of its infrastructure. And Philadelphia isn't any better off than Pittsburgh. Nine million people a day travel over 900 bridges classified as structurally deficient. Some of them on a heavily traveled section of I-95. Ed Randell is a former Democratic governor of Pennsylvania. How critical is the stretch of I-95 to the country? It's the nation's number one highway. 22 miles of it goes through the city of Philadelphia. There are 15 structurally deficient bridges in that 22-mile stretch, and to fix them would cost $7 billion to fix all the roads and the structurally deficient bridges in that 22-mile stretch. Randell says no one knows where the money is going to come from, and this stretch of I-95 has already had one brush with disaster. In 2008, two contractors from the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation stopped to get a sausage sandwich and parked their cars under this bridge. And fortunately, they wanted that sausage sandwich because they saw one of these piers with an eight-foot gash in it about five inches wide, and they knew automatically that this bridge was in deep trouble. The section of I-95 was immediately shut down and blocked off while construction crews buttressed the column with steel girders. It was closed for three days, creating havoc in Philadelphia. But the city was lucky. I mean, it was unbelievable. It's so fortuitous. And if they hadn't wanted a sausage sandwich? There's a strong likelihood that bridge would have collapsed. These all are tragedies waiting to happen. The I-95 bridges were built in the early 1960s and are now more than 50 years old, the same vintage as the I-35 bridge that collapsed in Minnesota back in 2007, killing 13 people and injuring 145. The antiquated Skagit River Bridge in Washington State that collapsed last May after a truck hit one of the trusses was even older. And it's not just bridges. According to the American Society of Civil Engineers, 32% of the major roads in America are now in poor condition and in need of major repairs. Yet the major source of revenue, the Federal Highway Trust Fund, which gets its money from the federal gas tax of 18 cents a gallon, is almost insolvent. Former Transportation Secretary Ray LaHood says it will go broke by next spring unless something is done. That was the, the pot of money that over 50 years helped us create the best interstate system in the world, which is now falling apart. Why? How did it get this way? It's falling apart because we haven't made the investments. We haven't got the money. The last time we raised the gas tax, which is how we built the interstate system, was 1993. What has the resistance been? Politicians in Washington don't have the political courage to say this is what we have to do. That's what it takes. They don't want to spend the money. They don't want to raise the taxes. That's right. They don't want to spend the money. They don't want to raise the taxes. They, they don't really have a, a, a vision of America the way that other Congresses have had a vision of America. LaHood says public spending on infrastructure has fallen to its lowest level since 1947. 
in the U.S., which used to have the finest infrastructure in the world, is now ranked 16th, according to the World Economic Forum, behind Iceland, Spain, Portugal, and the United Arab Emirates. It's a fact that's not been lost on the most powerful economic and political lobbies in the country, who believe the inaction threatens the country's economic future. Big corporations like Caterpillar and GE say it's hurting their ability to compete abroad. And at a Senate hearing earlier this year, Tom Donahue, president of the generally conservative U.S. Chamber of Commerce, voiced strong business support for raising the gas tax for the first time in 20 years. First, let's start by having some courage and and showing some leadership. For once, let's do what's right, not what's politically expedient. Second, let's educate the public and your fellow lawmakers. He was joined by Richard Trumka, president of the AFL-CIO, who said that every billion dollars spent on transportation infrastructure would create 35,000 well-paying jobs. If business and labor can come before you united on this issue, and we are united on this issue, despite our sharp disagreements on a variety of other matters, I think that should tell everybody uh, something and tell them very loudly. But it was not heard during the midterm elections, where there was virtually no public debate on infrastructure, and that has barely changed in the weeks that have followed. We wanted to talk to Pennsylvania Congressman Bill Schuster, the chairman of the House Transportation Committee, and made numerous requests over the last five months for an on-camera interview. All of them were declined. We did the same with Michigan Congressman Dave Camp, chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, which has to come up with the money to fund transportation projects. We met with the same result. But we did talk with one of the committee members, Earl Blumenauer, a nine-term Oregon Democrat. He says the last time Congress passed a major six-year transportation bill was in 1997. Since then, there have been 21 short-term extensions. I've actually been trying now for 44 months to at least get a hearing on transportation finance on the highway trust fund that is slowly going bankrupt. And we've not had a single one. Why can't you get a hearing? It has, to this point, not raised uh, to the level of um, priority for the Republican leadership. Although, in fairness, when the Democrats were in charge, we had a few hearings, but not, not much action. So you see this as a bipartisan failure? Absolutely. The Bush administration, they had two blue ribbon commissions about infrastructure finance that recommended a lot more money and additionally the gas tax being increased. Uh, We couldn't get them to accept uh, being able to move forward. Uh, Since President Obama's been in office, there has been, to be charitable, a lack of enthusiasm for raising the gas tax. And the problems with transportation infrastructure go well beyond roads and bridges and the gas tax. There's aviation, a shortage of airport runways and gates, along with outmoded air traffic control systems, have made U.S. air travel the most congested in the world. And then there are seaports, when a new generation of big cargo ships begin going through an expanded Panama Canal in another year or so. Only two of the 14 major ports on the East Coast will be dredged deep enough to accommodate them. There are more than 14,000 miles of high-speed rail operating around the world, but none in the United States. 
in Chicago, it can take a freight train nearly as long to go across the city as it would for the same train to go from Chicago to Los Angeles. But perhaps the most glaring example of neglect and inaction may be this sad little railroad bridge over the Hackensack River in New Jersey. It was built 104 years ago and is, according to Amtrak president and CEO Joe Boardman, critical to the U.S. economy. This is the Achilles heel that we have on the Northeast Corridor. How much traffic goes over it every day? It's almost 500 trains a day. It's the busiest bridge in the Western Hemisphere for train traffic, period. And what kind of shape is it in? It's safe, Steve, but it's not reliable and it's getting less reliable. It's old. Its systems are breaking down. There's an inability to make it work on a, on a, a regular, reliable basis. Boardman says the portal bridge is based on a design from the 1840s and was already obsolete shortly after it was completed in 1910. It's a swing bridge that needs to be open several times a week so barges can pass up and down the river. It takes about a half an hour. The problem is it fails to lock back into place on a regular basis. And what kind of problems does that cause? It causes trains to stack up on both sides. And actually, when a train stacks up here, it can stack up all the way down to Washington and all the way back up to Boston. This is a single port of failure. That's one of the biggest worries we have on this corridor is these single points of failure. Amtrak's president says the bridge has to be replaced. The design work has already been completed, and the project, which would cost just under a billion dollars, is shovel-ready. If Congress wants to do something now, build this bridge. It's ready to be done. It's been ready for two years. Build it. It's tangible evidence that they can really get something done. It's less a case of wanting to get something done than coming up with the hundreds of billions of dollars needed to do it. There's no shortage of ideas from Democrats or Republicans who suggested everything from raising the gas tax to funding infrastructure through corporate tax reform. But there is no consensus and not much political support for any of the alternatives, as Andy Herman told us last summer when we were flying over Pittsburgh. You're sitting there at these committee meetings. They seem to agree with you. Yes, we have to make investments in infrastructure. Yes, we have to do these things. But then they come around and say, well, where are we going to get the money? And you sort of sit to yourself and say to yourself, well, we elected you to figure that out. 